I know I've seen some really shocking examples of people who are kind of making a name for themselves in a professional capacity as, for example, a photographer. But then when you go on their Instagram feed, it's absolutely shocking. And they, they have lands, squinty landscapes. I'm like, it really, really bothers me. Squinty landscapes really bother me. Or like bloody pictures. And and if you think about a client who's wanting to book these people for their wedding, for example, and they have two potential photographers and, you know, they're just browsing through the rest of their social media accounts, their Twitter, their Instagram. You're going to choose the person who's taken a lot more care with their with with the work that they're putting out there even though the you know instagram is such a casual thing you are going to choose the person whose quality is just overall higher across all of these these platforms hey you're listening to working out a podcast discussing the journey towards doing what you love i'm ashley baxter and together with my co-host paddy donnelly we'll be discussing our own experiences in creating our passion-based business it's about the expedition the here and now the daily challenges and achievements towards getting paid for your passion. Hey, Paddy. Hey, how's it going, Ashley? It's going good. We Thursday afternoon, close to the, the weekend, can't complain. The World Cup is starting. Oh, so it is, but... Um, Are you going to watch it? Well, actually, I'm not much of a football fan, but I do really, it's weird, I do enjoy watching a big, you know, like a big event, like the World Cup, and I think because it comes around so, uh, it doesn't come around so often, so I probably will catch some of it. Um, It's just a wee shame that that Scotland's so pish at football that we're, we're never in it. Yeah, well, Ireland as well. But it's good being in Belgium, Belgium's just going mad for it, because they're, uh, they're doing really well, and... Have a they have a bit of a chance. So uh, oh, do they have are they, are their football team in it? Yeah, yeah, Belgium's in it, and they've got they've got quite a decent group. Like they should be able to to top the group, I think. So are uh, you involved in um, Gessy? Do you have anything to do with Gessy? I am. Yeah, I have a tiny wee bit a uh, wee bit to do with that. So yeah, you should go on. You should go to g u e s dot s i, and you can play along and have a. Uh, you did it last time, didn't you? No. It's where you, you pick the winners of each match and you get points. And I've never done it, but it sounds fun. Right, you have to go and do it today. Even though I'm not a massive football fan, is it, yeah, it's yeah. just a bit of fun, isn't it? Yeah, you just pick the winners and pick who's or pick if you want to see it. Uh, if you think it's going to be a draw, and it just automatically adds up. You can see the the points of all your friends and stuff as well. Can't believe we're talking about football. I know, wow. <gasps> anyway, did I ask you how you are? Uh, I'm good, yeah. Very warm. It's roasting uh, over here at the minute, so... See, everything's perfect. You've got your team in the World Cup. You've got the sun. Oh, it's just um, great. Paddy's life is great. Yeah, well, it's not my team, but yeah. I'll be going and I'll be supporting Belgium. So, let's talk about today's episode Okay. It's a, a wee bit of a discovery episode for me because we're talking about how to how to attract the type of client that you really want to work with, how to book the type of work that you want to book. Mm-hmm. And it's something that I haven't quite figured out how to do that how to do yet, which I'll go into. Um are you are you attracting the type of client that you want to attract? Are you getting the type of work through that you would want to to book? Yeah, I think now I'm in a position over 
for as I've been working the last couple of years, freelance work, at the moment I'm getting a lot more the ratio of projects I really want to work on and projects I'm not too uh, enthusiastic about. Uh, that ratio is a lot a lot better now than when I first started, and it's there's a number of ways you can make your situation better that that you get you get more more of the projects that you would like to work on more of the the clients that you would like to work for they uh they come to you so i have some i have some tips and some methods that how i've done it um yeah i'm gonna pick your brain pick away pick away um but for me uh did you just say something no 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 go on ahead (laughs) (laughs) for me i I'm talking about photography and the kind of client that I want to get. Most of my work is wedding photography and I'm really mm-hmm. happy about that. I don't want to stop doing weddings. They're very rewarding. They're very satisfying to be a part of, very humbling. But I've really struggled to find the type of, to settle on the type of, the, the word to describe the type of weddings that I want to book. So the best way to sum it up is that basically I want to step away from photographing traditional weddings. Okay. Okay. And I want to start shooting weddings where the couple have put a lot of thought and paid a lot of attention into the details. The devil is in the details, you know, everything from the food presentation to the lighting, um, fairy lights and handmade really put their own personality into the wedding. I want to step away from traditional weddings where everything is kind of done by the book and I want to start shooting weddings where the couple have put a lot of themselves into the wedding. And And surprisingly, those are a lot rarer than you would think. And do you mean like like unusual kind of weddings rather like non-traditional as in, you know, getting, uh, getting married in a really you know, peculiar place or doing yeah. it differently or, yeah. I guess so. Um, like I said, I've kind of struggled to to summarise the type of wedding I want to shoot. I don't know if, if there is a right word. I, I kind of Googled rustic weddings before and that returned a lot of interesting results about the type of weddings that I would like to shoot. If you do traditional weddings, and especially myself, I've been booked to do traditional weddings um you know, one week apart in the same venue. So I turn up and I do the wedding and I turn up the next week to do the next, the other wedding. Mm-hmm. And there's no difference. It's just things. exactly the same, yeah. Yeah, I want to start doing weddings where every every wedding is individual because the couple have put their own personalities into the wedding. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously it's a bit common sense. Like if you want to book that type of wedding, then if you want to book that type of work, then you show that work in your portfolio. That's mm-hmm. common sense. You don't, for example, you don't. If you want to be known as a pet photographer, you wouldn't have a portfolio that's brimming full of baby photos mm-hmm. because then people would just come to you to book baby shots. Mm-hmm. But what if I don't have any of that work to put in my portfolio in the first place, Paddy? Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's uh, maybe even a step before that. I mean, it still sounds, to me, it sounds kind of vague what exactly it is you want from this non-traditional wedding. And you said it's kind of, yeah, kind of different from normal traditional weddings and the bride and groom put in their own personality on it. But 
I still don't know from the outside. I still don't kind of know what what that is, and that's a. I think that's a common uh, issue that people have. So they have an idea of they have an idea in their head just of uh, this is the type of work I want, but it's often kind of vague and not really specific. And uh, I find what really helps with a lot of stuff is if you actually sit down with a pen and paper and try and write down exactly what what it is that you want from a client so to describe um describe the actual perfect client that you want to attract or the the type of project and what industry they're in and what experience they have with with your industry or you know really specific details um and then it you kind of get a if you take a, the time to write it down you might be surprised that the actual result isn't exactly what you had in the back of your head but a lot of the time, if you keep it just in your head, it's kind of, it still feels kind of vague to me what, what, so it might be a good exercise for you to do to think about what do you really mean by non-traditional? Is it kind of crazy weddings with crazy outfits or is it the location is, um, really unique? Like if it's the location thing, then maybe think about what kind of yeah, is it an underwater wedding or whatever? Like trying to be a bit more specific, I think really helps you in as a first step. That's a great idea. Is is that what you did? Um, I'll, that's what I, I'm. I kind of I, I, my my desk is just covered in uh, in paper and scraps, and I've scribbled down just so much stuff. I'm just a. That's kind of the way I I'm able to process stuff is by writing it down and and writing loads of to-do lists and all that sort of stuff. I just like putting, yeah, a pen and paper in front of me that just helps me kind of uh, process things a lot better. But if something's just kept in your head and you're thinking about it over and over again, so you've probably been thinking this for a while, I'd like to do different kinds of weddings, but it's just a thing that's been floating around in your head for weeks or months or it just kind of evolves uh, over time. But if you don't make it uh, real um, by, you know, putting it down on paper, then it always kind of stays a bit floaty and fluffy, and you don't really you don't really have it nailed down. So I think it could help if you if you really think about one particular wedding that you would like to to do. Or are there examples of other weddings you've seen that people have shot? Yeah, I mean, there actually, I have done. Um, there was one wedding that I did last year. I, I got invited to go down to this the countryside in England and photograph this wedding in a can never say this word teepee. Okay. And um, the guy who booked me was like, "You should shoot our wedding. It's going to be really cool." And I was like, "Okay, I'll I'll do that." And um, I I wasn't quite prepared for actually how cool it was. They had a fire pit. They had a hot tub. They had like, um, they, they decorated the entire TP with photos of themselves throughout their relationship, you know, from when they first met through to now. It was, it was just, it was the perfect wedding, but you're right. I'm really being really vague about what type of weddings I want to shoot. Cause I can see them in my head, but I can't really be very descriptive of them. Mm-hmm. So that's something that I have to do. Um, and, and I will and, do that. And you have to think, I mean, if it's, if it's kind of clear in your head, uh, that's fine. But how how am I, uh, as a potential client, say, how, how am I supposed to know that, that 
you would be perfect for my um for yeah. my photo shoot uh, in a particular thing if i don't know that that's the kind of thing you're interested in so yeah that's what you started talking about about your portfolio site and putting yourself out there and putting in the work that that you really want to do so and make it clear making it clear to the client yeah well that's what that's what um i've been doing with with my portfolio for example i only put in this stuff that i want to do more of so i mean i've done a lot more work than what's in my portfolio but there's there's certain things i don't share not because i'm not proud of it but it's not really the stuff i want to do more of and uh, i'm only um uh, I'm limiting the the stuff that I put in my portfolio to just the stuff I'd really like to do more projects, more projects like this. And so when that's what you're putting out there and that's what people, people see. So potential clients, if they can, if they're seeing, if they have an idea in their head of, of their project of a particular uh, iPhone app, for example, and they see that you've done other uh, say kids, iPhone apps that, I mean, you become, we've, we've got clients, <clears throat> We've, uh, we've had clients, uh, we made kids iPhone apps for, for a client and they got to know us because we made other uh, kids apps. We'd made our, our own ones and put them in the store and we kind of became known for, uh, those are the guys who make, who make kids apps. And that's how we got more of that work. And then that work led on to, to more work, but it's because I put it out there in my portfolio that, uh, people were, were able to find it and it's, a difficult thing um, if you've never... So you mentioned if you've never done a certain thing, but you want to do it, uh, how do you get that across that, okay, I want to do a particular type of wedding, but I've never done it before, so I obviously can't show off that I've done it. I can't put that in my portfolio because I've I've never done it before. Yeah, I mean, design... Like, I was speaking to a designer recently, and he's kind of starting it on his own and wants to attract a certain type of client, and... I was like, well, why don't you just start by, you know, creating these fake websites, case study type of things. Mm -hmm. So if you wanted to, if you decided that you wanted to really target building websites, designing websites for bakeries, for example, it just makes sense that you would perhaps create a few um, fictional bakery websites mm -hmm. or even approach bakeries and say, can I redesign your website for you? But I... It is not possible for me to do that as a f wedding photographer because it isn't financially feasible to orchestrate a wedding. Like, yes, yes, you could book a male and female model and you could probably get secondhand clothes from somewhere, but to, you know, to, de to hire a venue, to decorate it, to invite 60, 70 people <laughs> to be in the background, it simply isn't possible. So I see how that works for certain industries, but it doesn't, I can't see how that would work for as a photographer, mm -hmm. you know, do you have any advice about that? So how, well, how do I get that first client when I have nothing really to show? It's, I mean, I remember, uh, struggling with this, this issue whenever I was, um, so whenever I was a student and still kind of studying, but doing, uh, you know, putting my portfolio site out there and, and starting up some freelance work. Uh, I mean, we hadn't, we hadn't done too much. We had a couple of school projects and um there wasn't much and i think a lot of students have this problem where okay i haven't done that much so my portfolio is kind of empty so you know people aren't people can't see it but i think you have to 
you have to go out there and do your own stuff. Like you mentioned the bakery website thing. I mean, you can go and make, yeah, make your own like theme and you can go on and sell it on some of these, you know, WordPress theme websites and things like that. If you make a, if you want to do bakery websites, I mean, you should make one up and then you can always make, sell it as a theme and make some cash as well. But having that in your portfolio will lead on to it. But for what I, what I discourage is kind of doing work for free for people. I think if you're going to, if you have the choice of, yeah, when you're a student and uh, people come up to you and say, hey, do you want to do my website? You can do it for free and it'll, you can add it to your portfolio and it'll lead on to other work and all these kind of things. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a bit of a trap. They're getting your work for free. If you're going to be doing it for free, why not do, uh, instead of spending time making a website for them, just make one for yourself on a side project or something else and put your time into, into making a piece for your portfolio um, that's going to really help you out, but make it a hundred percent something that you want to do rather than if you're doing it for free anyway, um, you might as well, uh, do it for yourself and pieces in your portfolio that were for clients does have more, more weight to it, but I don't think you should, uh, be doing work for free. Although there are some cases, I think we should have an episode about pricing oh, yeah. and stuff anyway, but, um, regardless of, of that, um, I think, I think whenever I was starting out, I just did a lot of, of my own stuff and, and, um, faked, yeah, you know, websites. And I think I did, you know, logo designs and, and different just illustration stuff and just filled up my portfolio with stuff that, that I really liked and stuff that I would like to do for clients. And eventually it, it leads on to that. But as with regards to, um, yeah, photography, so you're going for, you want to do one of these kind of non-traditional weddings, um, kind of thing. I mean, you could, uh, you could easily get a bride and a groom together, uh, a couple of friends and bribe them with some beer and, and get them, you know, dressed up and go to a kind of unusual location and even take a few photos that way. And if you at least make a, an indication that, uh, if you put something in your portfolio, that's like a few steps toward, a crazy wedding or something, uh, then you've got something that that might just spark the interest of of someone who's thinking, oh yeah, I would like a quite a. We're thinking about a crazy kind of wedding, and uh, and this photographer has kind of done something in that direction. But if you only fill up your portfolio with you know traditional uh, church weddings or or uh, just they all kind of look you know, very similar, mm-hmm. then people might just gloss over. So I think there are definitely ways, no matter what your, what your passion, what your industry is, you can, you can find some way of at least getting a little step towards showing, okay, this is the kind of work that, uh, that I want to do. Yeah. I mean, I just realized I don't even have on my wedding photography page where I list my packages. I haven't even said about the type of wedding that I like to attract. So mm-hmm. even if I had something as simple as one sentence that said, this is the type of wedding that I enjoy doing, maybe that would help. But actions speak louder than words or not actions, but it would be better to have some images to put in my portfolio. Picture says right. a thousand words. That's it. That's it. That's what you're um, but I was wondering, you know, in at this point in your career, um, do you still get, so say, somebody approaches you with work that you wouldn't 
typically share in your portfolio. You know it's not the type of work that you want to get booked for and mm -hmm. you wouldn't put it in your portfolio. Would you still accept the work? Because I, funnily enough, just half an hour ago had a phone call from somebody wanting me to do some product photography. Mm -hmm. And that's not something I do. And I said that to them and that I would think about recommending somebody else instead. Um, I mean, it would have been really easy to take the money and mm -hmm. just do it. But do you turn down work that you know you're not going to share or do you do the work, but then just not put it in your portfolio? Oh, I've definitely, I've definitely taken on projects that, um, that were purely just for, just for the money, like, uh, especially earlier in my career. I mean, you, you can't afford to say no so much. I mean, there's, you have to draw certain lines of the stuff you take on, but, uh, I, I mean, I've, definitely accepted some projects, you know, just for the money. It's not going to be something I, I share in the future. So it kind of depends. I think the longer you, the longer you work and the more, the more work you're getting and the more skills you pick up and, um, you get more work offers in general and you get more work than, um, you get more work that you can say no to. So, uh, it's definitely a lot less now the, 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 the ratio of projects that I, I do want to do and the projects that are just, just for the money. But I mean, you have to just accept some certain things with, with, uh, with it in mind that I'm never going to share this there seeing as well, you're, you're kind of still keeping your photography as a kind of hobby thing. So I suppose you're, uh, you're probably a lot stricter saying no to stuff you don't want to do. Right. Yeah. Whereas if it was, you know, you're a hundred percent full job. You have to think a lot more seriously about, can I afford to turn down this, this particular job? Yeah. That's partly why I'm doing it semi-professionally so that I don't have to put myself in that position of doing really crappy jobs. Mm -hmm. But that, you know, I was thinking as well about it. Um, the, the type of weddings that I want to do are considerably more expensive Mm -hmm. for the bride and groom to put on then and i know this myself because my sister's in the process of planning her wedding she wants to put on the type of wedding that i want to shoot but i'm not going to shoot it because i'm going to just let my hair down and Enjoy dance it. on the table <laughs> yeah. yeah um so those weddings that i want to attract they do typically cost more than perhaps your more traditional kind of packaged wedding because these weddings that i want to do are very bespoke mm -hmm. so to attract those type of clients, does that mean that I should be raising my prices? Does that, you, do, you, do you know what I mean? Because um, I understand that I've seen photographers who have very low prices and because of that, they attract the type the rubbish of... rubbish jobs? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I was trying to say that in, in, in a nice way. Um, you know, the very low, low, bud, low end of the scale budget jobs. Um, mm. And maybe right now, I don't know where I am. I finally cracked the 1000 pound mark for weddings. Woo. But to attract those clients who are going all out with their weddings and putting on something completely bespoke mm -hmm. and it isn't a package wedding, should I be raising my prices to attract those? It's quite an interesting thing to think about, isn't it? And, yeah. and because I'm not doing it full time, I potentially could afford to experiment with my pricing a bit more than somebody who is dependent on it to pay their bills. Absolutely. I think the price you set for yourself really affects the the type of work you get so yeah if you're pricing yourself as uh, i'm the cheapest wedding photographer out there and uh you'll do a wedding for 50 quid you're definitely going to get the types of weddings that uh you really don't want to do and it's going to be but if you price yourself 
and if, if you even experiment and, and price yourself, you know, double your price rate, f- give a quote that, um, uh, put it out there that your, your price rate is double what you're, you're paying now just to see what happens. I mean, you'll, you might get a, an offer to do, uh, a really extravagant wedding that would be a lot more work than what you're used to. But I mean, you know, the, the money is there and it might be something a bit more, a bit more crazy and something you more you want to do. So the price you set for yourself really does, um, really does affect the, the work you get. And it's good for yourself as well to have, okay, this is my, this is my minimum. My, this is my, this is what my price is. And, uh, if stuff comes in and they're, they're saying they're wanting to haggle and get lower than that. It's it's good to be strict with yourself and say no to the stuff that's below your your price range. Yeah, I think it's so easy for us now, right now, to transition into talking about pricing altogether because I have more questions. But we'll mm-hmm. save that for another episode. But okay. you said something earlier, like when when conversation about. Um, curating everything you do in terms of the whole social media landscape um Mm -hmm. like i want you to elaborate a bit more on that because i have some thoughts about how i use instagram like now i realize because instagram is photos i realize how important it is for me as a photographer to start to think about quality when it comes to instagram even though it is just a simple snapshot kind of looking glimpse into my life really casual casual snapshots as opposed to orchestrated photos um but but just what do you mean when when you're talking about curating everything you do well i mean the everything you you put out there is your is your personal brand so it's not just your portfolio site um that's showing off your work i mean everything that you share on the the links that you share on twitter or the photos you post on instagram or the stuff you say on uh on your Facebook and the places you check in on Foursquare and whether you choose to to share that info. Uh, I mean, if you're on your Instagram, if you're only putting photos of your food every day, uh, I mean, that'll people will then perceive you in a certain way. And you may think that that's, okay, my Instagram is my personal thing, but, um, and that's fine. I mean, you can, you can do whatever you want on, on Twitter or Instagram or any social media, but you just have to be aware that um, potential clients and, and customers are going to, they're going to take in everything that you do. So you're going to be, a uh, you're going to be represented by, by everything you put out there. So not just the work you put in your portfolio, it's, uh, all the types of, yeah, the, the types of photos you share on, on Instagram, for example. So if you were, uh, really into wedding photography, um, but your Instagram feed was, was just full of pictures of your dog, that's kind of people who follow you on Instagram. It's kind of, it's a little bit kind of mixed expectations there. They're not really knowing what to expect from you. But I mean, if you curate it and only on Instagram, you know, you only post uh, really nice locations for weddings, for example, or uh, photos from actual weddings themselves or a mix of everything or, um, but it's up to you. You just have to be aware that, I mean, people are going to see everything that you put out there. So it's not just putting the type of work you want to do, not only putting it in your portfolio, it's also the stuff you say on Twitter. And like you said about, you could solve the, the, the problem on your, on your portfolio of, uh, uh, because you don't actually say anywhere, uh, on your portfolio, even just one line saying, this is the type of wedding I would love to do. I mean, even if you tweeted that out, I mean, you never know who would get back to you, but 
if you don't say that stuff and you don't put it out there, then how would anybody ever know? I mean, the if you want a certain type of client or a certain type of work, you need to go out and get it because absolutely nobody's going to hand it to you and nobody's going to uh, just out of the blue come and say, oh, hey, would you uh, work on my project? And it's the ultimate dream project. I mean, they're never going to find you unless you put it out there. But I think that's a really important point. I know I've seen some really shocking examples of people who are kind of making a name for themselves in a professional capacity as, for example, a photographer. But then when you go on their Instagram feed, it's absolutely shocking. And mm-hmm. they, they have lands, squinty landscapes. I'm mm-hmm. like, it really, really bothers me. Squinty landscapes really bother me. Or like mm-hmm. bloody pictures. And and if you think about a client who's wanting to book these people for their wedding, for example, and they have two potential photographers and, you know, they're just browsing through the rest of their social media accounts, their Twitter, their Instagram. You're going to choose the person who's taken a lot more care with their with with the work that they're putting out there, even though the you know Instagram is such a casual thing, you are going to choose the person whose quality is just overall higher across all yeah. of these these platforms. Absolutely, and I mean it's in it's in everything you do in the the language you use in uh, in your emails and and uh, even if you respond to emails, I mean it's in absolutely everything that you put out there. That's all your that's all your personal brand, and and people will uh, like you said if if I think someone's um, a good photographer and then I would look at their Instagram and they've got blurry photos and stuff. I mean, that says so much about, uh, okay, are they such a good photographer? If it's like, these are blurry and, uh, you know, they're, they're not great quality or, uh, I mean, if they, if they are not putting the effort in to polish their, their photos on Instagram, what are they going to be like with the photos that I'm paying them to, to take? And so, I mean, you just don't want to raise any, red flags like that so yeah talking about uh, getting the the work that you want and putting the the work that you want to get you know putting it out there um you should already be you should already be doing the work that you want to get trent walton has a has a really nice article on um uh, on his site uh, you are what you eat is the the title of the of the post and uh, you should definitely read it we'll put it in the show notes and he has a nice quote from Frank Camaro. Daft Punk got to record the Tron soundtrack because they'd already recorded the Tron soundtrack. So it's, you know, there's nobody else you could think of to that would be um, perfect for, for making that soundtrack. And he goes on to say, if I want to get hired to do something, I should already be doing it. People can't always see potential energy. Instead of allowing a current job description to stand in the way, turn off the scrubs reruns and start a side project. Draw a picture, code a site, or write something and share it with the internet. So it's you should already be whether it's you're getting paid for it or not. Um, you should already be doing the stuff that you want to do, and just by by doing that and putting it out there, then people get to be aware that um, okay, this is someone that I could potentially work with on this particular project. I liked his analogy of um, comparing projects to calories. Did you mm-hmm. see that bit about how they're, yeah, which we yeah. talked about in time management they're, or time mismanagement, they're good for you unless you have too many or they come mm-hmm. in unhealthy packages. So you better make them mm-hmm. count. But yeah, you sent me that when I was kind of complaining to you about not booking the kind of clients that I want to book. And it just makes perfect sense. It's, it's common sense, but it helps to read somebody else say it that 
just the kind of work you want to book, put that work out there in the first place. So for me, for this episode, my discovery episode, I have taken away a few things. Take take better care of um, everything I do, everything that I'm putting out there. And really sit down and, and not just think about the type of client or wedding that I want to shoot, but actually write it down on a piece of paper and be able to be much more specific about it. And actually do something to start attracting those clients, whether it be something as simple as hiring two models to do a, a, a false wedding shoot or adding onto my portfolio page, these are the type of weddings that I want to do. So that's what I've taken away from this. Is there anything else that you mm-hmm. want to add? Talking about portfolio websites uh, and particularly like uh, if you're a student and just kind of starting out, if you've got a coming soon page up, uh, you're done. You're It's over at the, the first hurdle. Uh, if you Ooh, think that's controversial, it's uh, I've been on the other side of uh, so working for a company where we're looking to hire some people. And if you're looking through uh, potential uh, employees and you see a coming soon page, it gets closed immediately. And there's no there's no second chance. I mean, that's your first impression and you'll be totally forgotten about. So it's it's so important to um, actually put something out there, even if your website is, is not particularly nice, but it's got some substance on there and some work on there, even a couple of uh, pieces. It's it's so much better than something, even though it's a nice coming soon page or it's got some fancy stuff on there, that's, but there's no, there's no, no substance, then um, yeah, you'll, you'll totally be uh, ignored. And it's like every day you... Every day you don't have a portfolio site up there, you're just hemorrhaging potential clients. Like if you're if you're constantly, you know, tweaking and redesigning your portfolio and never actually uh, shipping it, I mean that's that's really bad. You should just put it out there. It doesn't matter if it's unfinished or you're not happy with certain aspects of it or anything. Just get something out there with with some substance and uh, even like uh, just a couple of uh, having just a couple of pieces of work on there that'll put you miles ahead of someone who doesn't have a portfolio and it's uh, something that people kind of put off and they put up a coming soon page and then just kind of they forget about it and they do other work but it's one of the biggest uh, letdowns you can have and it's when you're talking about when you're talking about what work to put in a portfolio and whether you're thinking I don't have enough work to put in there yeah like we said you can do stuff for your for yourself and do little side projects and just you know spend a day just making stuff and putting it on there and it's definitely all about quality not quantity in the portfolio if you've got two great pieces that's worth so much more than 10 kind of all right pieces so really think about what you want to put in there i mean yeah portfolios are so important if you're uh, if you've got a coming soon page up yeah you're you've got no chance yeah, so you, person listening without your portfolio website, stop procrastinating and stop listening to this and go away and build your portfolio website, but come back next week. Absolutely. Cool. So where can where can people find us? Well, people can find me as an individual at I am Ashley, and people can find you as an individual at Paddy Donnelly, but people can find us collectively at Working Out Show. And you can uh, see us on the website at workingoutpodcast.com. And if you have some feedback for us, some 
you know, potential topics or you just want to give us some feedback on previous episodes or just want to say hi, you can send us an email on info at workingoutpodcast.com.